Is that how you're going to sit? Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> Hi, this is Rachel yeah, McElroy. Yeah, this is going to how I'm, gonna, how I'm sitting on this one. It's Griffin McElroy, the cool sitter. And this is wonderful. Griffin is oh, yeah. sitting. I feel like you talk about how I sit on this show a lot. Like a frontiersman. I do kind of feel like I've just slain a bear and I turned him into a new house for me and my wife and our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all sick with something, but it's okay because I've just turned a bear into a big house and now I'm sitting down comfortably. I do also want to make sure the listeners at home realize not just that you're sitting like a frontiersman, but you got a nice new haircut. I have a nice new haircut. You can't hear it in the audio, but it looks great. I sat down on a barrel and three birds flew down and chomped it all off right outside (laughs) of my new bear house that I live in. And thank you all for listening to our show. It's uh, it's a it's a fun time around here because we're about to go on a big cruise and uh, a big fun family trip, and also the Max Fun Drive's coming up. So we're just we're just cranking it out right now. We're on our grind right now. <laughs> and, but that doesn't. It's I feel fine about it for this show because there's no shortage of good things out there. I feel you know, like that's true. There's always more things. Uh-huh. Universe is infinite, technically speaking. Probably people think. I don't know. I'm li- I'm real little in the grand scheme of things. So who am I? Do you have any small wonders? I do. Hit me. Really good customer service. It's so important. Especially when you order stuff online. Mm-hmm. So I did this thing today where I thought I was going to order something online. And then as soon as I submitted my order, I regretted it. Yeah. Uh, and so like five minutes after I ordered it, I canceled it. Uh <laughs> And they like got back to me right away and and were like, please come back and gave me like a coupon for my next purchase. That is and so I just sweet. thought, what a great company. I we just had to cancel a few flights uh, with uh, an airline and I'm not going to put them on blast. But the person I spoke to on the phone was so helpful as she explained that it was, they were going to charge us $200 per ticket. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, so they rogered us, but good on that one. But they were really sweet they when were they nice explained <laughs> how they were going to do it. Um, I'm going to say spaghetti. Oh, that's a good one. I don't think you can go wrong with spaghetti. I know I've talked about, um, what did I talk about? I talked about lasagna, which is like spaghetti's big flat cousin. But uh, man, you just can't beat spaghetti. Kristen and I went to a nice Italian restaurant here not long ago. And I was just so excited to have Italian food because it is always what I want. Yes, it was, what's it? Oh, Locadoro here in Austin. It was very nice. Very nice. Yeah. We should, what if we did like a, just like a restaurant review podcast, but an extremely localized one? How many people live in Austin? If we could net like half of them, I think we could make a sustainable podcast. We have a fair number of wonderful Austin listeners, uh, but I have a feeling they would tire of that podcast. I think they would. And also, we don't know (laughs) anything about food. Yeah. And also, we only go out once a month. That is true also. (laughs) Who goes first this week? I think it's you. I think it is me also. My first thing is being on a boat. Being on a boat. Oh. When you're on a boat. The feeling that you have when you're on a boat. Okay, now um, can you provide a little background as to how many boats you have been on? Seven, maybe. Seven to 20. That's And I know that's a pretty wide range. Now, are we including canoes? I want to include every sort of watercraft imaginable here. Okay. If you if you include every kind of watercraft, it's, you know, it's we're in the triple digits. Because I, I will say we we are about to go on a cruise. We have not been right. on a cruise ship before. I've I want to make been that clear. One. We've never yes. been on a yacht 
Mm, that's probably that's not true for me. I went to a I went to a party at Comic Con on a yacht. It was really? pretty. It was pretty tight. Wow. It was pretty good. Uh, I don't I don't want to drop names, but uh, it was pretty big. Uh, pretty big uh, <laughs> names. Let's just say it was Com Trues. If you Crom uh, Crom Twos. If you know what I'm saying. Wink wink wink. I I have Tom been... Cruise. Oh, it was his big yacht. Was was it called the Cruiser? It was called the Cruiser. Yeah, like it was that. called. Uh, he actually made it say "Cruises Cruiser," which is like we get it. You didn't have what? to double up. What about cruising for a bruising? Cruising for a cruising is what, actually what it said. <laughs> cruising for a crazing. It wasn't Tom Cruise, but uh, yeah. So we, we are about to put our money. I am about to put my money on the, where my mouth is by going on the Joko cruise because it's going to be certainly the longest continuous boat being on that yes. I've ever done by a pretty pretty large margin. <laughs> Um, my boating experience is admittedly kind of limited, but I'm always excited about the opportunity to be on a boat or some sort of water craft thing. Um, whether it's a pontoon boat or a barge or a canoe or a raft or whatever. We just went out with a, a, a group of friends for a friend's birthday out on a pontoon boat out on Lake Travis. And it was really nice. And just being out there on the water made me realize, like, I like this. I like this, I think. Yeah. you. I remember when I first met you, you had just returned from a 4th of July weekend in which you spent a fair amount of time on a lake. Yes. And you were real jazzed about it. That was mostly raft-based. Uh, okay. Raft-based activities. Um, but yeah, so uh, when I was trying to think of what I really like about being out on water on a boat, uh, my first big reason is that it's not it's not the land. And that's kind of wild. It's like you're in another sort of realm of the earth that we live on. And really, that realm is the biggest one. It's it's quite quite bigger yeah. than the land realm. Um, you can't discount the fact that you're sort of exploring, you're experiencing the world on a completely different kind of surface. I think that's very good. Like, what's even out there on the water? I don't know, because I don't go out there very often. I wish I came in here and you had a dry erase board on the wall, and it just showed your thought process yeah. for putting together a wonderful topic. And, and a big, because I can see you yeah. writing down boat mm -hmm. and then an arrow and then land, and then a line. Through I've it. written, I've written Y <laughs> in big capital letters, and then like circled it. Um, I'm just saying. I look out at a swamp, and I'm like, I can't go out there. But then I get on a hovercraft, and I yeah, can. Yeah. I have been on a hovercraft before. My really? na my nanny took me out on one down in Florida, and we had ourselves a great time. I uh, did not like the loud noise that the hovercraft made, but I like being out there. It just makes you being out there on water makes you feel like anything's possible because now you're on water. And you shouldn't be. <laughs> okay. Number two, I don't usually get boat sick, um, but that may change on the cruise. Hopefully it doesn't. But I like the experience of just kind of being on a surface that's not exactly steady. I think that it's very soothing. I think that now, it can be very nice. Question. Yes. Does this thrill apply to plane usage for you? Oh, God, no. Because you're up in the air. Internet. It's different. Okay. If 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 while I was up in the air, the plane, I don't like plane movement when I'm up in the air. I'm not like afraid to fly or anything like that, mm -hmm. but like uh, I don't enjoy turbulence okay. if that's if that's what you're asking. But if the turbulence was like a gentle swaying back and forth side yeah. to side, like I'm okay. a baby in a cradle, you think okay. about it. That's kind of what being in the womb is like. Yeah. It's like being on a boat. I mean, I don't remember, but I can imagine. I think that's a Jimmy Buffett lyric, being in a, something about a boat being like a womb. And it, uh, yeah, and we need to have Justin McElroy on ready for questions like this. I mean, I could probably get his number. 
<laughs> it wasn't his boat either. I'm never going to say what yacht I was on. You'll have to, you'll have to guess. Uh, you also, if you're on the ocean, you don't only get that feel of the rocking and the rowing. You get the smell of the salt and the feel of the breeze and the sound of the ocean. It's a sensory explosion. It's so nice. I'm very excited to get out on that big boat. Uh, number three, being on a boat is also usually tied to some other fun activity. Whether it is jumping off the boat and swimming with all your friends, having a good time, or, uh, you know, whitewater rafting, which I've done before and very much enjoy, uh, or, you know, having some brews with your buds as long as you have a designated boat driver, because I don't fuck with that. Uh, And yeah, it's just nobody gets on a boat to do their taxes, you know? Have you ever driven a boat? Have I driven a boat? Uh, You're talking about a boat with like a motor on it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> How else would you drive it? <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, I've driven a kayak. I, well, that's paddling, dear. That's fine. Uh, I have not. I think I'd be really good I'm at really it. I'm really curious what it's like. Um, you think they'll let me drive the cruise ship? I think they probably will if you ask very nicely. Give me a little, little like a little cruise pin. To yes. Put on like a like a little miniature pilot. I like that a lot. You've yeah. painted a wonderful picture. <laughs> reason number four, and this may be the most important okay. reason: boats have the best terminology. Boats have yes. the best terminology. Yes. When I played that uh, Return of the Obra Dinn game, I had to learn very much about how boats really? work to solve them. It's such a good fucking game. Do you understand the difference between like starboard and starboard to the right, ports to the left? Yes. Oh. I more more about like job roles on the ship, like what the top man does and what a mm. midshipman does. You say all this, but you won't watch Below Deck with me. <laughs> Rachel's been getting really into Below Deck. <laughs> if Below Deck was, uh, if it was a bigger crew and also they didn't cater to just universally <laughs> horrible people, yeah. I might be into it. Okay. okay, here's a few words that I learned today when looking at boat terminology. Okay. Uh, a thwart. A thwart means perpendicular to the ship's center line, a thwart. I don't know when you would have to use that specific Is it direction. two words or one? One word, a thwart. A thwart. It's like thwart, like you can thwart yeah, somebody's plans, with but an, it, with uh, an A in front of okay. it. Uh, gunwale, which is a fucking great word. That does sound like, you know, uh, Baby Beluga strikes back. Uh-huh. It's a gunwale. Uh, it's actually G-U-N-W-A-L-E. That's the upper edge of the side of a boat. Wow. Uh, and then this one I'd heard before, but I hadn't really appreciated how phonetically pleasing it is. Mizzenmast. The mizzen, oh, I have heard The mizzenmast is like, it's the shorter mast located aft of the main mast on a yawl or a catch. The mizzenmast. Oh, the yawl and catch is I also know, extremely good, extremely powerful. You can make up boat terminology. I would be none the wiser. Yeah, it's true. It's just boats themselves are their own little universe, and they let you explore parts of our world that otherwise are inaccessible to you. It's and kind I like of amazing that. to me how boats float. I don't really know that I understand that. You can't. We can't start. Yeah. Like there, you put a car in the water, it doesn't float. Doesn't. Why not? But you put a boat in, does much float. heavier, mm-hmm. does float. Does float. Big boat too. Big boat. <laughs> Big boat. There's so many little mysteries like that in our world that if I start thinking about, it, I start to get really panicky about. Okay. What's your first thing? My first thing. And you know what I've started thinking about a little bit? Huh? You know how in that episode description you say like Rachel's favorite. X. Yeah, I, I usually try to couch it sometimes if it's like if it's like uh, Rachel's favorite poem about the state <laughs> of Iowa, written so, by. I'm curious to see how you're going to spin this one. Okay, because the thing I want to talk about this week is true crime. <laughs> true crime. That so I... I don't want you to say like Rachel's favorite brutal murder. 
Interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't say that in a million years. Yeah. This will be interesting to talk about. Yeah. I used to be right I, there with you, and now I am super not. I held off for a while talking about this, even though I've been kind of really eating it up on the sly, mm-hmm. because it's not a thing that I like that I feel like I'm especially proud of. <laughs> sure. But I started to do kind of a tally in my head. Of specifically true crime podcasts that I've been eating up. And there's a lot of them. Yes. Uh, there's, I, I counted today, and there are seven of them. The most recent one, Over My Dead Body, which just came out. Okay. That's a good uh, name. They have the best name. I will give them know, this. It's, true. it's not my favorite genre. They have the best names. Typically, the ones I like are like an unsolved murder. Yes. Or like a death where there is some suspicion around it. Yes. I guess uh, we should mention here, this is so not that podcast that I guess we're going to talk about murder for a little bit, which may not be your jam. But yeah. if that's true, then uh, well, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna focus. I'm going to focus more on what about it is interesting. That is good. Uh, not specifically like the, the crimes themselves. Yeah. Yes, please. So this this kind of became a big thing because not only are there podcasts, but there's a lot of TV shows about it right now. I mean, there've always been. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, for did sure. you watch Snapped? Snapped was my no, shit when I, I was in not. like high school. I would watch Snapped and just be like, "They sure did." <laughs> 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 they sure did. Um, yeah, like the, the staircase was really big for a while. Yeah, yeah. And then we watched some of that one that was on HBO. Can't remember what it was called, uh, but I looked into the kind of the reasons behind people's interest in this, okay. and it made a lot of sense to me. Um, so there was um, an article on Mental Floss that kind of detailed a lot of the reasons. One of them talks about the adrenaline rush associated with it, as you kind of like when you hear about this, you get this kind of like euphoric like rush from like, oh my gosh, this crazy this crazy thing happened, but I'm okay. You know, interesting. um, And then also like the solving the mystery, you know, like being you think you're going to be the one to finally listen along. Um, And then and then also the being scared in a controlled way. Right. Like it's like it's kind of similar to the the same reason people like horror movies of like this feeling of like, I know I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to see this. It's going to be okay at the end. I'm going to be a little freaked out in the middle and then I'm going to find out what happens and then I'm going to turn it off and then I'm going to be done. That's that that is again, that's like nothing new. Right. Like that was Edgar Edgar Allan Poe had the whole like macabre fascination theory of and that's like basic, basic human, human nature stuff. Um. And then I also saw this interesting thing. So there was a study in 2010 by the Social Psychological and Personality Science Journal that revealed that uh, women are more likely to be interested in true crime than men. Why? Well, so there's speculation. I read this this thing uh, from Marnie Fuhrman, who is a clinical social worker and licensed marriage and family therapist. And she said, perhaps the biggest reason women are drawn to true crime is that most women live in fear on a daily basis that can that they can easily become a crime victim and that many true crime stories end with the bad guy being caught. And that provides women with a sense of satisfaction to see the criminal brought to justice. That is fascinating and bleak as hell. I know, it's very terrible. It's very bad. It's very terrible. I have been... Um, 
listening to a lot of true crime podcasts when I take my walks. Not great. Which is not great. Uh, it definitely makes me more alert. I saw a lot of theories that like people are listening to these uh, to become more prepared in case of emergency, okay. which I don't think that's why I listen. Uh, but it's an added but side effect. it has effect. made me more vigilant. Mm-hmm. Not, um, nobody's going to serial me. Yeah, for sure. I haven't, I haven't listened to serial <laughs> in a while. Uh, so yeah, so I, I kind of struggled to bring this up, but I recognized I was spending a lot of time enjoying it yeah. and felt like I need to bring this to the podcast because it is a genuine interest of mine that I have slowly been discovering, especially as uh, my my work schedule has become a little slow. It's yeah. like a nice little thrill in my day, you know? Yeah, sure. Uh I, I feel like it doesn't necessarily, it's, it's a little uh, incompatible with my like anxiety these days, but I feel yeah. like it as a medium for storytelling, like it's, it is, they are stories. I mean, Serial was the podcast that I oh, feel yeah. like everybody was like, oh, this is gold. And now there are like hundreds of them. Yeah, sure. I if mean, you go I, to the like society and culture section of iTunes, it's just full of them. Uh, I mean, that didn't just launch the true crime sort of craze. That yeah, launched but like that, the like, storytelling raised, podcast storytelling Yeah, craze. the public awareness of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think you should feel any shame for liking true crime <laughs> podcasts like everybody on earth more or less does. I know. Um, yeah. Should we start a true crime podcast? What What is the opposite of a true crime podcast? You know what we could do? We could get on Nextdoor. Yeah. And we could <sighs> follow the package theft. <laughs> yeah. We could follow. Get, every time somebody posts on Nextdoor, like, a strange man came to my door. It's like, the mail? The mail carrier? <laughs> We're like calling Amazon. Like, were you aware that packages are being stolen from front doorsteps? What are you doing about it? We'd have to do episodes four times a day that would all just be labeled like gunshots? Or fireworks. Gunshots or fireworks. <laughs> we used to be in a Facebook group in our, uh, our old neighborhood that... Uh, just was this very much all over it was, oh, it, was it got so pretty funny. wild people used to really kind of troll each other so there was like a younger generation that lived in the neighborhood that was like moving up there and then there was a very old guard part of the part of the neighborhood and as you can imagine like the two sort of hemispheres there like uh jabbed each other from time to time yeah, there were a lot of concern about the teens in the neighborhood. Uh, right, yeah, in a very um, overtly racist way, yeah. coming from the, the sort of old guard. And the, the younger folks weren't really having any of it. Yeah. And then every 4th of July, the younger folks would get on every night <laughs> on 4th of July and just be like, there's gunshots everywhere. We have to get the fuck out of Austin. Uh, yeah, there's some fun little uh, mm-hmm. inter-neighborhood tension. But hey, can I steal you away? Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) 
Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this, this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Styles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain I got a jumbotron here, and this one is for Andrew, and it's from Diana, Katie, and Sarah, who say, Hi, Andrew. It's your good friends Diana, Katie, and Sarah. We could tell you you're the world's best DM, but we'd rather remind you that you're seriously one of the coolest people on the planet. Don't fight us on this. It is now legally binding. Happy birthday, Andrew. I'm so glad they recognize our sort of legal authority over anything that we say out loud. Yeah, this will hold up in court. Yeah, so like in the big court case of the U.S. versus Boats, this episode mm-hmm. is going to be submitted for evidence. Mm-hmm. And Boats is going to win. Boats is going to win. Do you want to read the other one here? Aww. Aww. This message is for Rachel and Griffin, and it is from Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> and the message says, here's an idea for a restaurant called Pesto! Exclamation point. The menu has a variety of pesto-covered foods, and the logo is a classic tux-clad magician with a top hat and a wand, and he's pulling a bunch of pesto noodles out of the hat, and he's saying, pesto change I love pesto so much, but I only have $100, and that's not enough to open a restaurant. Someone help. <laughs> Sophie, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I would like to see just the art for this yeah just a little magician just with a wand saying pesto change yeah i'd like i'd love to see that art illuminated as a neon sign hanging above the restaurant that this is going to be and it's like animated so the wand goes up and down and the pesto pops out ah oh like a rabbit from a hat damn pesto's good 
Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we're the hosts of Dr. Game Show, which is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners regardless of quality or content with in-studio guests and callers from all over the world. And you can win a custom a magnet. A custom magnet. Subscribe now to make sure you get our next episode. What's an example of a game, Manolo? Pokemon or medication. How do you play that? You have to guess if something's a Pokemon name or a Medi- medication. Medication. First-time listener, if you want to listen to episode highlights and also know how to participate follow dr game show on facebook instagram and twitter we'd love to hear from you it's really fun for the whole family we'll be every other wednesday starting march 13th and we're coming to max fun snorlax pokemon yes nice can i tell you about my second thing yes i'm gonna take us on back and take us on back to the last decade uh, pretty early on in the last decade, a special time for me when I was in high school, which was to actually, I take it back, that was the least special, that was not a very special time. <laughs> the only least less special time was when I was in middle school. But high school, you know, it had its ups and downs. What it had it up was the shins. When the Shins released oh. their first two albums when I was in high school. Uh, I'm talking about you the, were going to talk about like your first like... My first what? Your first my like, first good thing that happened to me in high school. No, like your first romantic experience in a movie theater or something. Terrible. I mean, I could talk about that too. No, it wouldn't be. No, don't. it's not terrible. Please don't. It was gingerly just sort of rubbing pinkies with <laughs> name withheld here, but we were in Prince of Egypt, and my <laughs> parents were there with me. <laughs> I'm talking about the shins on this segment. Have you heard of them? I am familiar. Yeah. You got to listen to this one song. It's going to change your life. Oh, no. <laughs> you fell right into my <laughs> trap. Uh, they've released a bunch of albums, uh, obviously, since I've been in high school, and they've been good. But I really want to drill down into their first two albums. Uh, 2001 was uh, Oh, Inverted World that came out, and that one had uh, some some tracks you might know from the movie Garden State that came out in 2004. Uh, but before Garden State, in 2003, uh, Shoots Too Narrow came out, and that one is just front to back, just all fucking good songs were you were you uh were you down with shins in this like in this era i feel like everybody yes i had a moment while i was living in chicago which was from like 2004 to 2007 yes uh that i was a shins enthusiast 2004 is obviously when i got on board because it's when um it's when garden state came out and i was like obsessed with that movie Mm -hmm. when i was a junior in high school and then these these two albums having just a a a vault of shins music to listen to Mm -hmm. Was uh, was really eye opening, and the the type of music they were making really split the uprights for like seventeen year old me's yes. interests. Um, so the Shins uh, was this side project from uh, James Mercer, who was the the lead singer. He was also in a band called Flake Music with some of the uh, other members of like original members of the Shins. Which I don't know if you've ever la- no. listened to Flake Music. It sounds a lot like the Shins. Okay, which was apparently like a, a real conflict uh, between the two bands. Uh, it's really good. I really like flake music. I actually didn't know that it existed until I was in a record store like three years ago here in Austin and I heard the shins and I was like, whoa, is this new shins? They're like, no, it's pre shins. It's flake music. And it was, it was really nice. Um, but eventually flake like pseudo disbanded pseudo kind of like transformed into uh, the Shins, they started touring with Modest Mouse. Uh, and uh, during that time when they were touring, James Mercer was like preparing the songs for Oh Inverted World. Uh, and yeah, he was going through some tough stuff. Like he was living in, in Albuquerque uh, and the, the music scene there wasn't doing so well. And he started to become kind of resentful of uh, a lot of the, the folks he grew up with. And I think you get that a lot. 
in in the album, especially in New Slang, which is just like explicitly about that exact thing. Uh, New Slang was their single that like set the the indie rock world on fire and and made the their their first album like this hugely anticipated thing. And then it it, it came out, and obviously like I didn't listen to it because it was two thousand one, and I listened to like three bands total in my entire life at that point. Um, but, uh, it, 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 it was, it was pretty successful. Uh, obviously Garden State sort of launched it into the, the stratosphere and it's a little bit played. I feel like, I feel like Garden State is a butt of uh, an easy joke, but, um, but I feel like this is a good track. Caring is creepy is on that album. That's a good one. But New Slang is the one I want to play a little bit of. And you've heard this song a thousand times probably, but it's just really pretty and really nice. Yes. And I always get it very excited. Weirdly enough, I was in CVS today uh, and <laughs> it was like playing over the radio as I walked in after I had just written these notes. Uh, and it was nice. It was a nice. Here's New Slang. And if you turn It's got these like Simon and Garfunkel vibes that I yeah, really like. I see that. I, think I mean, I also, I think it's interesting that you like transition from Ben Folds to Shins because it seems like a natural progression to me. Yeah. And Shins, what I, what I really like owe to them is that Shins were like a gateway drug for me to like a lot of the bands that I was like obsessed with in college, like Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah, yeah. and Islands and Death Cab, like uh shins were like kind of the for as as uh I, as much as i can look back on how much i like garden state and find it kind of silly the amount of music i was turned on to because of the soundtrack of that movie is like kind of oh yeah kind i of think wild. that was true for a lot of people yes um so yes also before garden state came out their second album came out shoots to narrow uh and their first album was like well received but this one was like really really critically acclaimed uh they still didn't have very many like resources because it was pre-garden state uh so they recorded the album in mercer's basement in like a, apparently a kind of rough part of portland uh and close to the end of their recording of the album somebody broke in to the basement and stole their computer with all the master tracks on it and they just had to do it again oh my gosh um but I mean, despite that that rough patch that they they went through there, uh, the album was really, really, really good. It was a lot happier and sort of poppier than yeah. the kind of quiet keyboard uh, led stuff on during, Android during World. that time period. At least for me, if I had to like explain to somebody what indie music was, yes. I would have definitely had the shins on that list. This and Modest Mouse. And the fact that uh-huh. they like toured together, you could kind of just yeah. like go there and then not go to a concert for 10 years and then mm. kind of still be able to follow what's going on. Uh, so anyway, the, the music is like more guitar led and a lot like uh, happier and more upbeat. And uh, my favorite song on the album is what I'm going to play now to kind of show that off. And it's uh, Mine's Not a High Horse. You are
Garden State came out uh, a year after that, and then their songs started appearing in McDonald's commercials, and they were big fucking phony sellouts. So, oh, Griffin, who cares? Um, Says the man that did an entire episode of his podcast devoted to Totinos. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. No, you don't understand. No, listen. That was for money. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the the Shins was like a perfect kind of band for the age that I was at. Yeah. Uh, Because it was so clever, but it was also, I mean, there were a lot of clever bands around that time that I also found just unlistenable because they were very clever and smart and also like not musical in the way that I liked my music from from like Binfolds and They Might Be Giants. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Shins like was was very approachable, but also like really, really really clever and turned me on to a lot of other good music. And like I said, like their other, uh, their other music that they've come out with since then, I think they just released an album like last year. Uh, it's, it's been good from what I've heard of it. Uh, but I, I don't think I will ever be as big a fan as I was during that, that sort of formative period of my life when, when I got turned on to their stuff. I just came up with a new game as you were talking. Okay. We don't have to play it uh, during the podcast. I'm but excited. We've talked a lot about how particular albums or movies can come to you at the exact right time. Yeah. That would be a fun game to play with somebody you just got to know of, like, just go back and forth naming albums or movies that came to you at, a, like, a very particularly Ooh. important time period in your life. That's good. Mm-hmm. So I could say, um, uh, oh, God, Bare Naked Ladies... Uh oh shit! What was the name of the album? It was like a single word album. It wasn't Crash. That was a that was a uh, Dave Matthews Band album. Anyway, I, I would probably list Crash by Dave Matthews Band <laughs> as one of my albums. Um yeah, shit. That's probably one of them too. Stunt, Stunt oh. by Bare Naked Ladies is up there. Mm-hmm. I would um, say Title by Fiona Apple. Uh, Blues Traveler, the one with the cat on the front cover of it. Yeah. Yeah. What was that one called? <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that had hook on it. Four. Four. Was the name of that one? Mm-hmm. Uh, the blue album, Weezer. Uh, that one I that one I missed a little bit. That Ooh. one I was late to. That one I was late to. Ooh, it changed my life. Yeah. Hey, what's your second thing? My second thing is the way that your voice sounds when you inhale helium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to learn about this. Do you, are you bringing this because of the new, I think it's a Geico commercial where like the helium truck explodes and the cops are like speaking. They have high. No. Okay. No. That's just for me. No, I honestly, I don't know exactly what brought this to mind okay. today, but it did send me down like a YouTube rabbit hole. And I am pleased to report that there are videos of Vin Diesel inhaling helium. Love it. And Helen Mirren. I once watched a YouTube video that explained anti-helium that can make your voice go lower i saw that when i was doing my research but i didn't delve into it it's wild i haven't watched those so wild it's so good it basically makes your voice super deep and Uh it's in in the alternate sort of opposite register it's very good so this is this is apparently a uh, popular game on uh jimmy fallon's tonight show you don't say i watched a few of these videos uh, today, uh, thinking that I might find a favorite. Uh, and honestly, it's just kind of always the same. Mm-hmm. And so I did some research into why that is. It's just Jimmy saying, debase yourself, as he does with all the... <laughs> smash this dirty egg on your head and then go take a shit in the middle of the stage. <laughs> it's just people with like 
um, kind of signature voices. So like Alan Rickman and Sofia Vergara, like he has all of them do it. And it's kind of similar results. Many small wonder Alan Rickman. Continue. Yeah. So here's how it works. Do you know how it works? I have no idea how it works. Okay. So the sound of your normal voice is determined by the shape of your mouth, throat, nasal passages, tongue, and lips. Right. All my my favorite stuff. uh Uh-huh. Your voice begins in your larynx, uh, and your larynx contains your vocal cords. These two folded membranes vibrate when air passes between them. These vibrations resonate through your throat, nasal passage, mouth, tongue, lips, create sound. The air you breathe is made up of mainly nitrogen and oxygen. Right. But helium is much less dense than regular air. Due to its lower density, sound travels over twice as fast through helium than it does regular air. Okay. I understand everything you've said so far. When you breathe in helium, your voice travels much more quickly across your vocal cords. And that's... So it's not that the helium is changing the pitch of your voice. It is changing uh, the frequency at which your vocal cords vibrate. So if you think about the chipmunks or like a track sped up... yeah. Like the air is getting through your larynx faster and it's creating this kind of like sped up quality in your voice. Well, and your vocal cords are vibrating twice as fast exactly. because those are the things that actually form the. Yes. This is really interesting. We, uh-huh. It's interesting to do this actually well, and talk about this while we are looking at audacity uh-huh. showing us our sound waves because you can kind of visualize what that looks like. So sound travels faster and thus the resonance of your vocal tract changes uh, and makes it more responsive to high frequency sounds. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing anti-helium does the opposite? And I guess so. I didn't do research into <clears throat> that, but it, it would stand to reason. It's chunky air, basically. Uh-huh. And your your vocal cords really have to work to Well, get and that's it. what's interesting. So obviously prolonged inhalation of helium can be bad because you're not getting the oxygen you need. Yes. But doctors have sometimes used a mixture of helium and oxygen to treat things like COPD Mm. uh, because helium's lower density can help improve airflow in the lungs. But the effect only lasts as long as there's helium around your vocal cords. So as soon as regular air replaces the helium, your voice returns to normal, which is why like people have to inhale helium speak and then immediately inhale helium again to like get the same effect. I was always like really worried I would do it too much and die. I know, right? I'm glad I didn't. Me too. I never like made a game out of it, but it is just always a treat. It's fun. It is. It is universally a fun activity. I didn't like it though when like I would be at a party and they'd be trying to get the balloons to go up, but then I would do the helium as a fun joke and people would yell at me because I was wasting good helium. <laughs> that always hurt my feelings. And I don't know why they did it because I was just trying to have a fun time too. I know. Well, you always get the party started, Griffin. I always show up at the party and I get it turned out mm-hmm. and it's because of my funny high voice I do from all the helium. <laughs> um, that was a very pure segment, babe. You know, it's a simple pleasure. It's a nice, nice sort of diametrically opposed to your first segment. <laughs> <laughs> True crime podcast and inhaling and funny helium. balloon jokes. <laughs> you know, I almost you know, did. Oh, I almost did balloons this episode. That would have been wild. Really? Yeah. You know, we're complex people, you and me. Yeah, I mean, I like boats and uh, early aughts indie rocks, so can't beat that. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Hey, do you want to hear some submissions from our our friends at home? Hey, I sure do. Hey, okay. This one's from Aiden, who says, There's a few crows that live by my dorm that I give food to sometimes. Crows are very smart and can recognize faces of people they like, so sometimes they follow me 
to the cafeteria or my classes. I'm so sorry to hear that, Aiden. You've oh made my a, gosh. a bed for yourself there that sounds just... That's uh, kind of adorable, though, if you think about it. It's adorable behavior for any animal to exhibit. Uh, I have to imagine people that uh, see this person on campus, like, oh... It's the crow folk. It's the crow folks. Here they come. <laughs> uh, here's one from KT who says, something I think is wonderful is the instant you decide to go home. There's a distinct moment between realizing you no longer want to be at a place and remembering that you're an adult and can just leave. And it is such a relief every time it happens. Griffin McElroy. Yeah. There is no more appropriate small wonder than this for you and me. <laughs> yeah. This is actually the basis of mine and Rachel's entire romance. Griffin more than any other compliment he has given to our relationship, uh, the one thing that stands out is that we both like to leave at the same time. Exact same time. Every <laughs> fucking time. Every time we're at a party, we will look at each other and just like not even need to say he anything. He brags about this to other couples as if we are describing a very like powerful piece of our relationship. It is. Like, hey, you guys, I know you think you've got something special, but me and Rachel, we like to leave at the same time. It's true. <laughs> uh, one last one from Madison who says, the Twitter account Bodega Cats, an endless supply of pictures of cats and bodegas. Nothing's better than scrolling through Twitter and stumbling upon a cat curled up with some cup of noodles or laying on some LaCroix or snoozing in a Snickers box. Who submitted this? This is from Madison. Thank you, Madison. Thank you, Madison. I'm going to look into this. Rachel's going to, we're going to put our best folks on this right now. Thank you so much, Madison. Thank you so much. And thank you at home for listening. Uh, Thanks to Bowen and Augustus for these for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, And thank you so much to Maximum Fun. Max Fun Drive is coming up very soon. Uh, real, really looking forward to that. Um, we're, we are a pledge-funded network, and we are a pledge-funded show, and uh, your support has allowed us to grow and turn this into a career and uh, start touring and do all kinds of great stuff. And we, we uh, I can't say how much your, your support means to me because Can it's changed my life. Can I give an example of yes. how the support has changed our lives? Yes. I used to sit on a piano bunch. Rachel now used to see us sit, sit on a piano bench. I sit on a real folding chair. A real big girl chair. <laughs> Thanks to your support. <laughs> but yeah, it's coming up here uh, in a couple weeks. We'll make sure to tell you more. Uh, you can support us and support your favorite shows on the network. Get some cool stuff in, in return. But uh, more on that later. What else? I mean, there's the Max Fun shows that you know and love. Yes. I I am always hitting that Max Fun website to see what is on there week to week. Um, there's a really great episode of Jordan Jesse Go this week with Matt Bronger. There's a great Stop Podcasting Yourself with Paul F. Tompkins. It's a star-studded week here at Max Fun. I uh, encourage you to check it out. Not to mention the rebirth of Dr. Game Show has come to Maximum yeah. Fun. It's a very fun game show uh, from Joe Firestone and um, uh, Manolo Moreno. And they play games that their listeners just like send in ideas for, and then they play them with their callers. It's a very, very good, very pure show also. And that's that's new on Maximum Fun now. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of good stuff. Anything else? That's all I got. That's all I got, too. I'm plumb out. I'm freaking empty over here. Look at me over here. I'll haul it out. Oh, no. All, I'm all empty. F- need to fill myself back up with podcast stuff. Because over here, I'm plum tuckered and plum hollered out. I'm firing frog's hair split four ways. Oh all plum tuckered. I, I need like a compendium of all of your Appalachian expressions. Well, I'm gonna, I'm angrier than a corn crow at midnight on the 
4th of July. <laughs> Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne, and justice is within your reach. My mom refuses to take my phone calls. My boyfriend says I should take our cats with me to graduate school, but I think he should keep them. In the court of Judge John Hodgman, justice rules. My partner's board game collection is out of control. My sister won't stop stealing my clothes. I'm Judge John Hodgman. I'm tough, but fair. fair. I'll bring you justice, and I'm only a click away. Tipping. Automotive etiquette. Siblings. Roommates. If you've got a case, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. Judge John Hodgman is tough, but fair. fair. Subscribe to the podcast today. Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all.